This is The Playbook. The topic that we're here to talk about today is, uh, is titled Technology as a Servant. And obviously that can go in many different uh, directions, but I think that kind of what we set out to discuss when we were discussing, you know, what, what the, what topic might be valuable, both from a, where we are in the world and the economy and given the crowd of both real estate and technology. Um, so, you know, I, I, I guess just in terms of setting the context, you know, we have a, an evolving business landscape here where on the one hand, you have lots of innovation going on. You also have a very challenging environment that people are operating under uh, due to everything from, um, you know, p- political craziness to interest rates and, and all kinds of technology advances and every day trying to keep up with everything. Um, so I think that overall, what we're going to try and discuss is how we can take all this evolving um, items and how we can use it as uh, serving uh, in a servant mindset and how it can help with growth and success. So if I can just, you know, get your thoughts, David, in general, when you hear servant mindset or, or you hear how we can um, utilize technology as well as servant mindset, but maybe just we start with servant mindset, what comes to mind for you and how do you view that idea and that, that focus of servant mindset? In three aspects, I look number one to be and have a mindset of being of service, you have to appreciate what you have. You have to add value to what you have. Uh, and that can be opportunities, options, touches of favor, or actual material items, whatever it may be, relationship situations. So the first step of a servant mindset is to appreciate what you have. The second is to acknowledge it. Uh, and we want to acquire the knowledge of what we have, experiences, relationships, business, whatever it may be, And the only way you can acquire knowledge or acknowledge what you have is to not have it anymore. And so the most obvious way is to give it away. And that would lend itself to a servant mindset is I give away everything I have, give to receive. Uh, But there are elements of scarcity in just thinking the only way we can acquire the knowledge of what we have is to give it away, especially in real estate, because acknowledgement comes from losing it having it stolen from us, manipulated from us, cheated from us, uh, or just mistakenly lose it, uh, whatever it may be. So I think it's important to understand in the servant mindset that acknowledgement comes from not having it anymore. And then finally, the most important mindset shift that most people think is counterintuitive to being a servant, it's asking, asking for help, asking for more, basically confirming the value add mindset of a servant, not a zero sum game of a master, where I give to receive, where I trade and negotiate everything, where there's winners and losers. You see, real estate's been around a long time for a very good reason, because it is the best example of that value add component where the buyer and the seller win. Uh, And there's several reasons indicative of regulations, laws, statutes, as well as just the uh, asset that can be utilized in a variety of different manners. It's one of the few things I think that illustrates that servant mindset of appreciation, acknowledgement, and asking for more, confirming we have a value add industry, not a zero sum industry. Okay, thanks a lot. That's great. So when, when it, first of all, I, I love the way you frame it. And when I think about, you know, as it pertains to our business and, and how we are able to serve kind of, you know, our, our wide range of customer customers. So 
from kind of an owner operator standpoint, you have different um, uh, customers or partners that you need to serve, right? So you have your residents, you might have commercial tenants, you have investors and capital partners, um, and you have you have lenders. And so so I think uh, you know in listening to what you, you what you said, so a lot of it has to do with I, I like how you put it in, you know, appreciation first and foremost. So when I think about our residents, so first and foremost, we have appreciation for the fact that they're there, the fact that they're with us, so on and so forth, um, acknowledging it and then um, asking. And then, so we, we, not in those exact words because we hadn't had this conversation with you yet, but we kind of went through that process within our own business. And, and just as one example of what our property teams did, which was really kind of hit what you're talking about is we went and we did, um, so when we were doing a value add project at one of our communities, we uh, renovated a playground and instead of just leaving it as purely renovated, and I actually did a video on this because I was so excited that the team did it. They, they went the extra mile and they said, you know, what? we're also going to do a big opening party for all the kids so that they, because they haven't had the playground for two months or whatever. And so now they're able to have this brand new playground. So I, I feel like those little acts, this isn't getting into technology yet, but when you talk about servant mindset, those types of little acts, I don't know if you have any others that kind of come to mind or things that people can do within their business, whether it's real estate or any other business, but that was just something that came to mind as you were speaking. Yeah, I think, you know, here in America, we do a lot within the context of building planned communities. And when in that, also taking school uh, care of the schools recreation but also the homeless uh, as well as gentrification around the stadiums that I consult with that have been built in the billions of dollars a lot of time effort in a servant mindset has gone into how and what we do with the people that live there currently so that it becomes a win-win uh, that it through acknowledgement of having them lose their home even though they lose their home in that project what are we doing on the other side to give them value uh, so that it becomes a win-win situation? And I think as a developer over the years, to have that mindset has created abundance, even though there may be an emotional loss or acknowledgement when we uh, have these bigger projects, there is certainly a win-win aspect for the community, uh, for all uh, the children, for the schools, uh, and these master-planned type of opportunities have to have an abundant mindset, a servant-based mindset. Are there, are there, are there areas beyond um, real estate that you can think of? I mean, you have like such a, you know, rich history um, in the sports field in the sports area of things that you served. Are there areas also that, that you other examples that you can give in terms of, you know, areas that well, the, you've the, the whole cornerstone of my that? agency. Yeah. The, the whole cornerstone of my agency uh, was that we would not re represent. We had the, most notable firm in the world. Uh, they made the movie Jerry Maguire about our sports agency with Lee Steinberg, but we would not represent an athlete unless they had a percentage of their money to create a foundation or a cause that is important to them. It wasn't just going through the motions. It was, hey, you know, I'm a boxer. I couldn't afford tennis shoes. I used to have to wear cardboard in my shoes. So I have a foundation to give kids tennis shoes that can't afford shoes. Uh, so that, you know, to me was, you know, a very simple cornerstone. We also found, though, when you look in this value add world, that we learned lessons on who not to represent. So it was an immediate way to align ourselves with a young person that may not see the servant or have the servant mindset. And so it protected us. A lot of times we would lose clients because a client would say, 
no, man, you know, I, I, I'm not giving anything back. I, this is my first contract. I may not ever get another one. Hey, terrific. Go somewhere else. And a lot of times we always see difficulties with those players as they mature. Uh, one that comes to mind is Plexico Burris, who was a wide receiver who we ended up firing because he refused to give back. And then months later, shot himself in the leg, got arrested for carrying an armed weapon without a license. Uh, so there's a lot of things you see when you have a mindset that's scarce compared to abundant. Yeah. Okay. That's, thanks. Are there other, um, are there other companies or examples of different entrepreneurs or companies just on the servant mindset before we get into technology that we should be kind of thinking of? You know, there's a lot of companies now that I think go through the marketing motions of buy one and one goes to charity. Uh, you know, I prefer companies that actually integrate the servant mindset into what they're doing. Uh, so they take a bigger global perspective of sustainability and how they actually operate, who they hire, where they source their materials from, which also applies to real estate as well. And there's multiple companies in America uh, that have gone deeper into exactly how are we doing business uh, it, it, one one is a, a company that's uh, a water company re recently with alkaline water that has, you know, was in the military space, used their technology from spacecraft in order to facilitate a plug on uh, to a normal faucet to create high quality water at a very inexpensive rate. Uh, so there's a lot of companies that are doing this. But, you know, the cheat the cheat for me is the companies are like, buy one pair of shoes and we'll give shoes to somebody else. I appreciate that. But I think we can do a lot more in how we hire, what source materials we have, and the end product and what impact it has on our society. I hear you. And I agree in a lot of ways. Um, I think that you know what I love doing is looking at businesses um, that have developed over the years. And, and, and in every business, there's, there's, there's good and bad. I think that's just the nature of the world, right? There's, there's some negative consequences. And the question is whether the good over you know, does does better than than the bad and so i think that there's so many companies that you can look at that even though they can you know people can um argue about you know whether they were they were truly serving or serving themselves they if you look at them at the core and definitely at a lot of the entrepreneurs the founding entrepreneurs they definitely approach everything with some sort of a ser you know servant mindset that they were there to serve the customers and those are the best uh companies that that you know can that come out there um, that, that I've seen. So, I mean, just as an example, one that I'm always uh, thrilled about it is, you know, Walmart. So it, it, a lot of people have issues because they put a lot of the mom and pop stores out of business, but at the same time, they really came through with this idea that we are going to serve our customer and they've done that in an amazing way. And now so many other retailers have kind of like tried to do that as well. And, and then you see that a lot of their uh, family members now are, are fully focused on helping the local community where they were built in. So it's just that that's type of servant mindset, I think is something that can also be passed down through um, generations if it's done in the right way. Um, so now if we move into technology, how do you view kind of everything we've discussed, discussed with servant mindset and now moving into technology and how we should view that with everything, you know, technology can be, you know, okay, I have an alarm clock and it can also obviously do a lot more than that. So, so what do you, what do you think about that? How do you view that? Well, first, you know, I like to separate it between technology as a master or technology as your servant. And there's two components of it being a master. One, 
uh, and we see this today with a lot of kids who have addictions, who are, you know, literally serving their phones, serving the apps, uh, and as well as fear, right? People are afraid of a master. And so a lot of people either serve and, you know, are, are literally, you know, doing everything uh, to that technology or others are completely afraid of it, which is indicative of a master, right? Some people follow blindly, uh, which I'm, you know, for me, challenged with kids today. I don't want them to follow technology blindly. And then there's others that are afraid. Both create a chasm that we don't want. And so what I try to empower people with is technology is a servant. You know, we should not follow it blindly, nor should we be afraid of it. We should utilize the capabilities of it in order to amplify our skills, our knowledge, and our desire. And so for me, utilization of, you know, different technologies, there's a lot of, for example, in real estate, terrific SaaS solutions because of the antiquated workflows that have existed from, you know, uh, mortgage is an obvious one, right? You know, when we have Rocket Mortgage and others that have just completely changed the face of financing uh, residential properties and now commercial properties uh, yeah. to other SaaS solutions in restoration, uh, you know, the, the submission of uh, claims, insurance. There's so many different areas that uh, software as a servant, I don't call it software as a service. I call it software as a servant. Uh, I'm completely aligned with. And I think there's still a lot of great real estate entrepreneurs that have fallen away from just buying and selling uh, and have gotten into the SaaS side of things by automating their knowledge of the process and the interference that has occurred over the last 30 years. The second area beyond software as a servant uh, is AI as a servant. Um, and I think that you know real estate, uh, there's a huge chasm between those that know how to utilize the data um, because the efficiencies that can be created in real estate uh, from AI and the way that it accumulates and, uh, and analyzes data is extraordinary. You know, take an opportunity in America where, uh, you know, FHA loans, for example, in America are assumable. Well, with AI, I can locate all those loans and addresses and properties. And, and the reason being is that there's a shortage of places to live in America. Interest rates are high. FHA loans are usually first-time buyers who are looking to get to their next property. We can create a huge opportunity for ourselves by knowing who has an FHA loan at 2.5% interest. And we are now able and capable of paying uh, true price you know, and acquire these properties at one third the cost if we're going to have it for cash flow, um, and lock ourselves in if we're purchasing it to live in or a multi-family uh, unit, whatever it may be. So uh, that's just one little example. I think another area for large agencies that they're not taking advantage of is that usually in a large agency there's some seasoned veterans, and those seasoned veterans know how to email people. Uh, they know what to say. There's subtleties in their responses and their solicitations. And that's what creates, you know, this great difference between a new agent and a 35-year agent. They know exactly what to say. Well, with AI and understanding how to reposit data, we can just ask AI, you know, hey, rewrite this email as if I was Daniel Farber 
a senior partner at this real estate agency. Or, you know, for me, I use it all the time with my crew, right? All they need to say is rewrite this email as if I'm David Meltzer, speaker, author, entrepreneur. And it's taking thousands and thousands of hours of data. And it now sometimes sounds better than me. And uh, I think that we can use AI uh, to accumulate and coalesce data so quickly. Uh, the, the simpler way to put it, Daniel, because this is really important to me, is it gets you from zero to one way faster and way more accurately. So all those things that it takes as a real estate professional to get from zero to one, and it'll take you there. Then you you got to get from one to 99 with your person, your emotions, your intelligence, your grit and grind. But then it also, like we talked about in the contractor realm with SaaS and other things, AI and technology will get you from 99 to 100, that last step that usually takes a long time. Uh, it'll get you there again with statistical success and much more rapidly. And so understanding software as a servant is the key and including AI as a servant as well. I, I really, I, I really uh, like what you said. And it's actually interesting because just the last several days, we've had a discussion how we are going to um, start bringing ChatGPT4 into our operations to study us so that, you know, not, not just like, hey, I want to write an email. Can you, you know, can you do that? But that it will actually learn all of our you know, procedures, operations, all of that stuff. And, um, and so on the one hand, it could, it'll help, obviously, like the, we're start, we'll start with marketing and see how it can learn our marketing systems and so on and so forth. But then once you get into operations and it actually learning your systems and the efficiencies that I think that we'll be able to find from that are really exciting. And obviously at the end of the day, all of that is to serve our end uh, you know, customer, whether that's our tenant or capital partners and so on and so forth. So, so that I, I definitely think that that's really interesting in AI and the utilization of AI, as you discussed, um, is exciting and how we can serve people better by leveraging that is very exciting, definitely. Yeah, you can find, you know, all properties are pu public, right? So you can literally now, whether they're for sale or not, and you and I both know the real money's made from what's not on sale right now, uh, but be able to say, find me a property at this zip code that met, meets this criteria, and it will yeah. list every single property that has three bedroom, two bath, two stories, a backyard and a pool and a view like this. Uh, and you'll have properties that are for sale and not for sale listed immediately. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, so this is great. I, and obviously we can go on for hours, but uh, we, we have a, a short window here. We also want to be mindful of everybody's time. We have some questions that were uh, brought from the audience and I want to make sure that any other questions we get also. So anybody who has a question, feel, feel free to drop it here, but I have some uh, questions that were sent in early. So I'm going to kind of run through some of those so we can try and get to as much as we can. Um, so can you provide examples of successful startups that have effectively combined innovative technology with a servant mindset to disrupt traditional industries? Oh, well, look at all of, yeah, I mean, look at all of Elon Musk's companies. So uh, those are all exactly that. Um, and from, you know, companies like Uber, uh, the, every gig economy side, DoorDash, believe it or not, uh, the water company that I, that I talked about. But in, in the real estate space, I, I truly believe, you know, Rocket Mortgage 
uh, who's owned by, you know, my sports friend there in Detroit, you know, has done a lot uh, in, in that essence. Zillow as well has done a lot um, in, Amer in America. I don't know in, in Israel how far they've come, but there's so many different companies. Even uh, today, if you look at Apple um, and, I, and I talk about not just the hardware side of what they've done, um, but in the AI side, in the virtual side, uh, and you'll find out in the finance side, they're leading the way uh, in technology financing. Uh, and because of it, the efficiencies that they create allow them to give security to your money and a higher return uh, on your money for just sitting there. Uh, and so, you know, some of these different companies you may think as of, you know, in one respect, uh, but there's also some marketplace companies uh, that are really leading the way um, in every industry. So it's not just, for example, the Zillows of the world, but if you look at you know, the digital like verb technologies on the NASDAQ where they're creating an integrated marketplace so that as we're talking here and we mentioned a certain product or property, we could link what we're saying directly to purchasing it, um, let alone gathering information for it. So there's a lot of different examples today. You can look everyone, but the, the leaders are mostly the bigger companies that we know of because they're so involved in so many different areas. So whether it's, you know, Elon or Gates or, you know, Apple, you're, you're gonna see they're in so many different places. They were built on technology as a servant and now they have created a huge gap of what they're able to do in all industries. Sure. I mean, and obviously Jeff Bezos and Amazon is one that's known as all. Yeah, well, that's let's talk about marketplace. Yeah, <laughs> I missed right. the biggest one. Yeah, that, that's probably, you know, I mean, I'm not sure anyone in the next uh, 20 years will surpass what Jeff Bezos has done to change the world. Right. And also in terms of customer being ruthless about pleasing the customer um, at, at all costs <laughs> and yeah. expenses. Um, so, you know, something else, the, another a platform that I am finding amazing in the real estate space is, is you mentioned before, so brokerages. So um, Sirhan uh, has created this, you know, kind of tech forward brokerage firm that I think has really utilized tech and media in an amazing way. So it's on the one hand, the brokers get better technology. On the other hand, you have like this great media experience where it's like, well, I love that property just because of the video that they created from it. Right. And so, so I think that that's also really unique and, uh, and, and it's an example of just, you know, a, a broker who went out and did something that other people weren't doing with technology. Yeah, and I think looking at media as technology is a really important part. Obviously, it's worked in my industry, in my career. And Ryan and I had dinner. Uh, we had a, a, a VIP dinner together a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, 90% of his time, like mine, is on media. Uh, mm -hmm. And so, you know, whether he's in Sex in the City or whether he's doing a live or a, a virtual speech or whatever it is, uh, everything he does is virtual or digital in a sense. And uh, I think media is a technology as a servant that we haven't talked about because the whole world, just us talking together here from across the world is insane. And we take it for granted. Uh, if we're not on top of how to utilize content to capture it correctly, modify it, amplify it and perpetuate it, we're missing out on another huge opportunity as technology as a servant. Yeah, very true. A great point. Definitely. So it looks like we, we have time for one other one. So um, I'm going to 
just get another pre-populated uh, question. Um, it, it's the question is, could you share strategies for fostering a culture of servant leadership within an organization? And how does this relate to the retention and motivation of employees? Thoughts on that? Great question. This is, yeah, this is uh, what I have built and learned over 35 years. One, you have to be relentless about your values and you have to teach them. I do it three days a week, mandatory, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, minimum an hour on Monday, minimum 15 minutes on Wednesday, minimum two hours on Friday. Gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication. Four values, deep discussion. Then you have to have aligned daily practices. For me, it's knowing your what, your who, your how, your now, and applying your why. And then you have to have a very clear execution plan aligned with the trajectory of where you think you want the company to be or better, and also provide a mechanism or methodology to give meaning to the mistakes to the defining moments, setbacks, failures. You have to have that methodology so that everyone is finding light, love, and lessons in the growth, in the expansion, the aggregation and acceleration, which provides us exponentiality of results. And so for me, it's really understanding, one, hammering home the values. Don't think because people memorize gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication that you have a culture based on those. It takes hours a week in order to empower them, utilizing those values with daily practices to give people a framework in which to empower themselves and others, and then an execution model that is aligned with the trajectory of where you think you wanna be or better, and also provide a mechanism, a methodology in order to find the meaning of the companies as a whole, mistakes, setbacks, failures, void shortages, obstacles, and challenges to make sure what? that. Our purpose, our mission as a company is greater than the pain. They wouldn't call it activity you get paid for if there was no reason to get paid. And the reason that you get paid is there's pain. And so if you can create a mission, a purpose based on values, daily practices, and an execution model and a trajectory of where you think you want to be or better and give them meaning to that, I'm talking about aggregation, acceleration in a mechanism and a modality that you've never seen before your success the abundance of more than enough will continue to grow and you will receive more than you've ever imagined as a business and as a leader we're great uh, yeah it, it definitely hits home and when i when i read this question um so it, it hit right where you discussed in terms of the mission because the first thing i said is well yeah if you if, if there's a mission and for us, at least in our company, our mission is, you know, built on legacy, creating thriving communities. So that's a very broad mission, but it helps, you know, because it's what we do as in the real estate business. And then we know that we're serving if that's what we're doing, uh, you know, by creating thriving communities. And so it's kind of, you did it full circle in terms of taking everything that it takes, all the components and in, in order to actually execute on the mission. So um, really appreciate it and appreciate the thoughts. Uh, we are out of time, but I, uh, unless you have any other words, just really appreciate the time that you took. And we always love having you involved in the community and, and thank you very much. Well, if you have any further questions, I know I have to limit my time in order to effectuate being able to serve others as well. But I put my email in there, david at dmelzer.com. I am okay. a service of value. I'd be happy to send you the practices, values, any guides that I have for free for your community, david at dmelzer.com.